It's the M&S Monthly Podcast Show. Michael and Simon will share their best tips and secrets to provide inspiration for fellow entrepreneurs and business leaders. I hope you like the show. Let's get it started. Hello, Simon, and welcome to the show today. Hello, Michael. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to it. So am I. This episode is going to be about decision making. And I think it is fair to say with recent events, we've seen many decisions being made. And on the face of it, it has turned out to be a bad decision. And I know we all know what I'm referring to there. It's the case of the UK's Prime Minister campaign to replace Boris Johnson. Instead of making this a political event podcast, Simon, that is not what we are about. Although we do have our own opinions, which for this podcast we'll keep to ourselves. The MS show is about two business people speaking about business and the relentless challenges we face. So let's start the podcast. And to our listeners, we hope you like it and you will get a different perspective to your own thoughts and your own ideas when you have to make a decision in your business. In part, we believe there are many, many moving pieces to making a good decision. In order for us to put them in a simpler format for you today, we've broken them down to eight. So the first thing to do is reflect on your decisions, good and bad, and therefore makes, make notes from previous. Because I bet if you're like me, you probably forget. And you don't want to do that. That one, that one may say, that's idle work for fools. Simon, I've done a fair bit of speaking there. And how do you learn from past catastrophes or not? Well, I think it's important. Let's start by saying, Michael, that it's important that we have a decision-making process. And what we're about to discuss, certainly what I would like to share, is my own decision-making process, which I believe is quite similar to yours. Um, but other people on the, uh, you know, out there in business, other people that are listening right now, might have their own uh, decision-making process. And, and, and we're not going to suggest that they change it to this, but that hopefully... It sparks a few thoughts, ideas um, about how we can make better decisions going forward, because the world is ever changing, isn't it? And as we saw uh, spectacularly with Liz Truss, <laughs> and although we're not going to go into politics, it's worth touching upon, you know, when decisions are rashly made and ill thought through, they can have catastrophic consequences both for the country and when we're in business and with our families and in our life, if we make the wrong decisions, they can have very bad consequences. So we are talking now about having a process for trying to make better decisions. And, and I think the start point, the very first thing we should do is just take a little bit of time when we're facing a problem to reflect on the past you know, and to think, you know, 
where have I had success? Where have I had failure? And what decisions was I making? And are there any lessons that I can take from those decisions? And that's the first part of the process, I think. What lessons do I need to learn from previous? So how do you learn from previous mistakes? Obviously, you you make a good or a bad mistake before. But sometimes you may forget. So that's the first lesson that you learn mm. at that point. Yes. And I think the the, the interesting thing that I've found in my life is I do forget those decisions that I made that actually brought me success. But I find it hard to forget the ones that caused me failure. You know, they stick because they stick in your throat a little bit and they stick in the memory a bit longer. But it is the combination of both the decisions you've made that brought success and the decisions that I made that brought failure that will teach me how to, you know, uh, review my thought making process my, and my decision making process. So if you made a really bad decision, say, two years ago, mm. how do you remember back two years previous about that particular thing? Yeah, well, if it's a family decision, my wife's very good at reminding me. <laughs> Naturally. Um, but if it's a business decision, then you're right in wh where you touched upon earlier that making good notes, having a journal, having a notebook, having a decision making book. You know, these there are some golden nuggets that we should really carry forward in the form of notes so we don't forget these things um I, I do think it's easier to remember those decisions we got wrong you know i can remember decisions i made 10 years ago that were definitely the wrong decision that with hindsight i would have made a different decision i can remember those um but i go back to this you know where where i've made decisions that have moved me forward i can't always remember the basis for those decisions so writing them down is the start point, isn't it? And writing them down somewhere where you can access them, because many of us uh, might do a journal, but all sorts goes into the journal. So I'd recommend that we have a decision making journal. You know, this this is the basis for how I'm going to make better decisions going forward. I think like everything in business, you need a process and you definitely need a process for working out and remembering and understanding the good decisions and the bad decisions. But at what point do you come on to the subject of reflection? Where Was that a bad result or was that a good result or a good decision? So as far as the second part of this process, reflection, when do you reflect and is it too soon to reflect on the day? Yeah, I think we, you know, the best business people, the best leaders, the, the people who are at the top of their game are reflective practitioners. Yeah. And because we all live really busy lives and it seems to me like everything's speeding up all the time. So we go from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next 
and we're rushing into these things, we have to learn to slow down. And the slowing down bit is to create the space for reflective thinking, you know, to sit back maybe on a Friday evening, you know, and just take some time over a nice glass of wine or whatever it is, a a nice walk um, to think about your week and to reflect on what went well, what didn't go so well, and find a way of recording that thinking. I, I think it's always good if you're driving, you know, you're driving home, you listen to the radio, driving home from work, turn the radio off. And just do some reflective thinking. When you get out of the car, find a way of just recording some of your thoughts in a notepad on your phone or recording on your phone. I think that's a really good thing to do. I try to do that whenever I can, but I tell you what I, I do a lot. And that is when I've made a bad decision. And the strap line that comes up in my mind as we speak today is, Why have I done that again? What did I not learn before? Yeah. So I think this part two of this process is to reflect. Because as I said in my introduction, a fool is someone who does not learn from their mistakes and continues making the same mistakes time and time again. You know, the, the way to try and get around that is to have a noteboard or a whiteboard or something that you've got in front of you that you can look at and think, you know, actually, this is my this is my process that I go through that I know if I go through this process, I'm going to make better decisions because life is about making decisions, some very small ones that we don't even think about. They're in our subconscious Um, and others that are actually very, very important. And sometimes because we're in such a rush, we don't give the important decisions the time they deserve uh, to take them through our process. So I think that it's important we have a process. You touched upon that. It's important that we have uh, that time to reflect on what we do well and, and where we go wrong a little bit. And then that leads us on to my my second part of the process which is weighing up the options you know we when we're in a rush often the first thing that springs to mind is we've got to do this we've got to do option a but there might be some better options there might be option b c and d and again part of the reflective time is to enable you to start to be creative in your decisions you know, and, and the more creative we are, the better the decisions that are being made. You know, I'm, I'm watching this program at the moment on BBC, which is about Elon Musk. Now, he is a very, very clever guy. Very clever. His decision making is just phenomenal, but it's at another level. It's like stratospheric. He doesn't think about the small, minutiae details of how he thinks what, you know, what, what are we going to do? He doesn't think about how we're going to do it. He'll build people around him that have got to answer that question. But his decisions are made on, you know, how, what am I going to do to change the world? 
Yeah. And that's what I want. I want to change the world. I want to put a community on the moon, you know, and he will do that because his decisions are about then getting around him people who can answer the how are we going to do it. So based on what you've just said there, let me ask you this question. Do you move it forward or do you move backwards by making this decision? And does that come in to weighing up your options? Oh, that's a good question, isn't it? You know, sometimes we do have to step backward, you know, almost away from that situation, move our business back a step maybe we've grown a bit too quickly a bit and we need to just pause and think hang on a minute we just need to take a step back because if we keep going forward at the pace that we're going we're going to get ourselves into trouble so I think that's a very valuable point you've raised in the main though of course you want all your decisions to be based on moving your cheese forward you know because that that is the game of life we want to progress and we see progression as forward movement rather than backward movement. But I think don't be afraid, listeners, if you're in a situation where you just don't, you're really stuck, uh, the decision is eluding you, then, then sometimes part of that decision is how do we go back to when things were in a good place? You know, and, and actually, we've taken on a couple of things here that we need to we need to get rid of those. We need to drop them. We need to start saying no. You know, good leaders know how to say no as much as they do how to say yes. And sometimes the decision isn't always a yes. It isn't always a forward thing. It isn't always a positive thing. Sometimes the decision the decision is no. We're not going to go down that road. We're going to stay to what we know. Yeah, I totally agree with that point you make there, Simon. But you alluded to Elon Musk and the program that you're watching on the BBC. And, and you know, Elon Musk doesn't make all decisions on his own. And I was reading an article recently about Elon Musk and his decision-making. And in his inner circle, he has 20 where he seeks counsel and collectively they come up with a plan to move people. Well, actually in this case to a community on Mars and each one of his reportees have a further 20 people that report into them. So this part of the, decision-making progress uh, process is seeking counsel mm, absolutely from people around yes. you mm. so you don't get it wrong mm. and you stack the odds in your favor yeah well you and i were reading if you remember in think and grow rich about people like andrew carnegie and henry ford and some of these most amazing people that have shaped the way that we live today. And they had these mastermind groups. They And they were big groups, you know, 60, 70 people. And, and what you've 
quoted there, Elon Musk with his 20, but his 20 have 20. I mean, that's 400 people, you know, that you, you imagine the brain power of that group. It, now, they, they might still make the wrong decision from time to time. But, you know, when you've got people around you that have been there, done it, got the T-shirt, been down that road, or just that they're very creative, but, but certainly they all have different perspectives. So they're looking at this situation from different angles. Seeking wise counsel, I think, is essential. And and we again, I'm going to go back to the Liz Trust thing. Sorry, but it's a classic. It'll go down in history as to how not to how, you know, how not to make the right decisions, how not to run the country. I don't think she had enough people in her circle giving her advice. And, and, and in fact, it's been shown and it will be shown that she ignored a lot of the advice that she was being given. And I, and I think that's where we've got to be careful as well. In seeking wise counsel, we've got to then take that time to reflect on what the counsellor saying in order to help us to make the decision and to be very, very careful not to ignore what they're saying. So do you think that your counsel needs to be an internal counsel to the company or external or a bit of both? Bit of both, definitely. Um, probably with the majority external. You know, I, I, I think anyway that when you have got put around you this inner circle of people that have a range of backgrounds that, that and certainly that don't have a vested interest in your success, that can be really blunt with you, really honest with you, don't have an agenda, you know, that, that if you're successful, they're going to be. Because, because everybody in your business, of course, have that, you know, they're, they're going to give you advice from a perspective that if you're successful, they'll be successful. But you need a blend of people around you that, you know, are, uh, are keen to make sure that you're successful, but they don't benefit from that in any way. So they're going to give you, I think, better advice. So we're ready to make the decision, aren't we? And press the button. And we need to implement the action associated with the thought, the idea, the counsel, reflection. Mm. So we press the button, the best part of it. Yes. we. Is it all in from day one or do you step in slowly um, so you can pull out if it is to? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's really interesting. Press the button, press the decision making button. I think because there comes a time when you have to make that decision. And I'm sure we'll touch upon it later, but there are two parts to bad decision making. One of them is procrastination. Uh, they say that, you know, making the wrong decision is even better than making no decision. So it's essential. You're going to have to press that button at some point. You need to make that decision. When you make that decision, you need to make it with clarity. In your own mind, you need to be absolutely clear. I'm making this decision because of all the things that we've just discussed. We've had the wise counsel. We've reflected. We've looked at past lessons. We've weighed up the options. 
this is the best decision right now. But, you know, I think the important thing is, well, here, here we go. Here's the debate. Here's the debate. Once you've made the decision, is it better then to stick to that decision come what may? Because we've got some examples in history where people have and it served them well. But there are other examples where it hasn't served them well. And that degree of um, reviewing the decision and being flexible has served people well. The danger to that is you could be three feet from gold. And that original decision was still the right decision. And then you go and change your mind because it's not going well. So it's a dynamic process, isn't it? And, and I think maybe the answer to that is go back to the people that you spoke to in the first place and either help them to stick to your guns or get them to help you understand why it would be wise to have a rethink. We know we're at the part of the process that we've got to take a press the button, take action, mm. and then act yes. on what was agreed. Yes. Now it's interesting. I'm going to put you on the spot here. That I'm what I'm. I'm excited to be pressing the button to take action, and you bring that very, very um, bad word that no one really likes: procrastination. Because procrastination does come in. It comes into the negative side, but doing nothing unravels everything we've spoken about right now. Mm, mm. So instead of talking about procrastination, let me remind, obviously me and you, because we know about this, and for our listeners, our famous guru, Mr. Jim Rohn, had a very simple quote when it came to most things in business, most things in life, to be honest, and that was, Plan, do, review. Yes. Plan, do, review. Mm -hmm. And the plan takes a long time or a short time. The action could take a long time. We know successful businesses come to the floor or four after about five years, statistically. And along that route, you're reviewing, reviewing, reviewing. So procrastination doesn't really need to come into the conversation, Simon. Mm. It's a fair challenge, Michael, um, because, you know, once you've made the decision, the most important thing then is to implement it, isn't it? Because you can make the decision. I've been in board meetings where we've made the decision and three or four months later, we're talking about something not happening and we're like, yeah, but we made that decision three months ago. Why has nothing happened? You know, so I think that the most important next step, having made the decision, is making sure that there's implementation. Who is accountable? When do we start? What is it that needs to be done? And that we are starting a process of measuring that implementation so that we know that it's happening. And then we can start to see, you know, where are we going with this decision? Is it taking us in the direction we expected or are we experiencing some difficulties? And then that's the 
that's the review part of Jim Rohn's message, isn't it? So there's the plan and there's the doing and it's that implementation that's so essential. And often it doesn't happen, actually. You know, so I'm sure our listeners can relate to many meetings they've been in where they're still talking about the same thing that they thought they'd made a decision on three months ago, six months ago, even before that. So implementation is essential because until you've implemented, you can't start reviewing it. Totally, totally agree. So I'm a very progressive, kind of happy, cheerful sort of guy, Simon. And the bit I love most out of this whole process is it worked. Yes. The plan has come on. Yes. No one really pats you on the back mm -hmm. to say you made a good decision, you thought about it, you spoke about it, and you followed it through. Yeah, yeah. And this is the this is so important to one cheer people on from the sideline and to acknowledge that it worked. And if it didn't, go back to the start. Mm, mm. Yeah, I think in the reviewing, you know, where where we can see that we've got the result that we were either hoping for or an even better result than we were hoping for. In the busyness of life, um, do we take enough time to celebrate? You know, because actually in the celebration, you what you're creating, going back to the very start of our conversation, do we remember the basis of, of good decisions? And, and often we don't. We remember the bad decisions more than we do the good. Maybe that's because we don't take enough time to celebrate. Right. Let's go out. Let's, you know, take all the team out. Let's have a away day or even an afternoon or even a bottle of champagne, whatever it is. It doesn't matter as long as there's some form of celebration, because in that celebration, you create the memory. You can think back of what, when did we last celebrate such and such? Oh, we did this, this and this. Why did we do it? Oh, because that was successful. Ah, oh, and that was based on that decision that we took. Tell me one way where you prefer to celebrate your success with your team. I think one of the... When I used to work in NatWest, uh, in the good old days, when NatWest was a great organization, they used to have what they call annual achievers awards. And in the run up to the annual achievers awards, which was which were the national awards, there was all sorts of regional awards, area awards, etc. And these guys, I mean, what they created were events, uh, parties. Things, you know, I some of my fondest memories are some of those events that I went to. So I think it's got to be something good, something that you can remember. You know, it's going to cost you a bit of money. But hey, if you've just had a big success, hopefully it's made you a lot. And what you'll do is re-motivate and inspire people to go on and do more of the same. You know, I remember a very famous uh, hymn when I was at school, Michael rowed the boat ashore so now we've covered the whole process let me just remind our listeners that michael rowed the boat ashore but that's not the important thing row 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 the boat repeat row repeat yeah 
gently down the stream, mm-hmm. not up the stream. Learn from the lessons. Repeat the process and you'll come to a really, really well-defined outcome every time. But before we finish today's podcast, Simon, I want to talk about the the enable, the disenablers, the things that pull this whole process down. You mentioned it earlier. Mm. I want to add something else into there because it's all part of the same thing, actually. Procrastination, could you, would you, should you, and sitting on your hands when a decision needs to be made. Why do you think people do those two disenablers? Fear, Michael. People have this fear of failure, fear of looking like a failure, fear of criticism, Um, you know, in their own mind, fear or lack of self-belief and self-esteem. And we have to, fortune favours the brave. Yeah, we need to be brave with our decision making to help us overcome the fear that grips us sometimes about making that decision. And go, especially if it's a decision that takes us into the unknown and, and a road that we've not been down before. But I think that's what we've got to do. And that's why it's so important that you have people around you because they can encourage you, inspire you, motivate you, challenge you and help you to make sure that you're not actually making that journey on your own. So just to wrap up today's podcast, Simon, I think sometimes it's good to sit on your hands while you're having these discussions, the process, making sure the decision is going to be in your favour. So there are times to sit on your hands. Could you? Would you? Should you? Let me leave our listeners to this thought. You could. You should, you can. Go and press that button, take action, plan, do, review, and we'll see you back here very shortly. Today's show has been sponsored by www.teameasycrane.co.uk. We help you build your business and grow recurring profits. Thank you so much for listening and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. You have been listening to the M&S Monthly Podcast Show with Michael and Simon. If you have enjoyed listening today, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes so you never miss an episode.